What's going on? I am J.M. Banks, and this is Urban Alchemy Podcast, brought to you by the Pitch Podcast Network via Dory Labs. Be sure to check out our site on adorylabs.com or download our app and to get access to our full catalog of past episodes. Now we are able to feature interactive episodes with pictures, links, websites, polls, and much more. Thank you all so much for joining us today for this episode. we got a great interview for you guys planned today. First, I wanted to give a special shout out to all of our listeners all around KC, all around Missouri, the Midwest, the country, and all around the world. We do appreciate you guys for making this show possible. And special shout out to all of our organizations we work in conjunction with to make this podcast possible. Kansas City Association of Black Journalists, the Pitch KC, the Kansas City Star Advisory Board, and the Village KC Nonprofit. Please make sure you are supporting those organizations that are doing great work here in our community within Kansas City. So, music for the episode is going to be brought to us by a local artist by the name of Effie and her track Gamble. So be sure to check out that be sure to check out her song at the end of the episode and support that local artist. So yeah, Today, we have a wonderful episode for you guys today. I have an interview with the editor-in-chief of one of the few, if only, uh, all-black independent magazines here in Kansas City, all-black everything. We have Miss Trish Mitchell in the building. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, I came across your uh, article because it featured, actually... I believe it was the second uh, second issue you had featured Shay Phillips from Valley Fine Wine, as well as Material Opposites, two, two of which you have also featured on uh, this show. And I've also written about both of them in two of my articles. So big shout out to those individuals. So I was uh, I didn't even know we had a, a all black magazine here in the uh, city. Let me definitely reach out. And yeah, it's super dope you're doing what you're doing. Uh, nothing but respect from a writer's perspective, because once I found out it was just you doing the publication, I was blown away. I was just like, that is amazing. Like, I know how much goes into just one article. I can only imagine going through the whole uh, publication, you know, laying out the issue, uh, getting pictures, getting interviews, writing. And then on top of that, to, to my surprise, even more, it's an actual print magazine. It's a physical you know, analog, you can hand, hold in your hands, not just a digital copy like you see most times. Uh, I mean, first of all, where did the idea come from for All Black Everything? So to start, I'm a business owner and I have multiple businesses. And one of my businesses in particular, I wanted to advertise in a local magazine. And when I realized I was getting a four by four ad and it was costing me upwards of $900, mm. I said, if I could create a magazine where people can advertise, people that look like me, people that understand the struggle of being a black business owner can advertise and not have to pay for it, much less having to pay $900. I definitely want to do that. And literally, I was asleep one night and it just came to me, All Black Everything magazine. So I keep a notepad by the bed. I jumped up and wrote it down. And the next day I said, Lord, are you sure this is something you want me to do? And after several points of confirmation, I kind of put my feelers out there to say, hey, Black-owned businesses, if I were to create this publication, would you guys be interested in featuring your business? And it was a resounding yes. I got hundreds of responses. Uh, immediately, I put together a website and said, hey, guys, send your information to my website if you're interested in being published in the magazine or featured. And it just blew up from there. I started getting calls from media outlets. And before I knew it, I was on Channel 4, Channel 9, Channel 41, 
um, on radio. Black and, Enterprise. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, wow, Black Enterprise. That's super dope that yeah. they, you know, a publication within themselves, you know, reaching out to a small locally run. Uh, what, what got their attention? Well, I believe it got their attention because of the amount of interest on social media. And so once they got wind of it, uh, one TV station did an interview. They watched that. Another TV station saw that interview and called me and it went so on and so on. I was even in um, KC magazine. They wanted to interview me to talk about all black everything. And so, yeah, it just kind of spiraled from there. And it's been upwards ever since. That's amazing. So you're focusing on black businesses. Is there any specific uh, areas of interest that the magazine picks up on? Well, it's pretty much all areas of black um, entrepreneurship. I've interviewed um, people that own businesses where they sell um, body scrubs and things that are specific to brown, dark skin. Mm -hmm. um, I've interviewed uh, young entrepreneurs that have products where they make um lip gloss and things like that that contain all natural products. These people are making these products in their home. Um, I've interviewed makeup artists and people that have developed their own clothing line. Um, I've interviewed a couple on um, black love and their advice and their tips on how to have a happy and successful relationship and marriage. And so it's just really across the gambit um, of information that I feel is important to the community and anything that can help their bottom line um, if they're a black owned business. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Shout out to you for Thank that. You. Hats off. I always love to give credit where credit's due. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to start a print publication, but that's scary, especially in today's day and age to be like, I'm going to put the money behind it. I'm going to, you know, send it out. I just would hate to be like, all right, I'm walking by this newsstand and this big stack of my journalistic, you know, heart and soul still standing there. But, you know, what, uh, first of all, I, I'm from a different generation than most younger people. I grew up with magazines, you know, especially the hip hop ones, The Source, uh, XXL, um, Vibe, just those were big, you know, coming, you know, when those got delivered to our home, those mm -hmm. were like, great, let me go and actually read and mm -hmm. see what's going on and see the reviews and see the new albums coming out. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really happen anymore. There's not really, you know, and my other brothers had their, you know, Sports Illustrated, you know, they had their magazines they oh, watched. Sure. You know, that kind of phased out as time, you know, as we have more YouTube and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, why did you feel to make it an actual print publication um, in today's day and age? Because I know that there are people that still enjoy having that publication in their hand. There's something about holding a book or a magazine and being able to turn the pages. And based on my experience being an independent publisher of my own children's books, I know that that is still something that people want. Um, not everybody, but I know that there are people that like to have that in their hand. I've gotten requests for annual subscriptions already. And so I know that there are people that still enjoy that feeling of sipping on a cup of coffee while they're flipping through their newspaper or their magazine. So I wanted to make it available for both. So we've got the millennials that prefer the digital aspect of it. And I do digital copies as well. And then we've got those that just enjoy flipping through a magazine and reading through and looking at the ads. And so I wanted to be able to accommodate both. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's that's great. Uh, why do you think uh, it has taken so long for us to get an all black publication going here specifically for the purpose of publicizing black businesses? It could be for a number of reasons. It could be that people feel um, initial fear in stepping out and doing something like that. Um, I receive a lot of pushback 
in a lot of negative um, comments throughout social media. Um, even one of the interviews that I did for a television segment um, asked me if I would be willing to change the name. And I said, absolutely not. And so I understand that there's probably some fear, you know, in stepping out into something like that, especially now with all that we're dealing with, with social unrest and things like that that are happening um, in, in our country. And so I think that's part of it. Another part of it is um, having the financial backing. And so to get something like this started, I had to pour into it myself uh, from a financial aspect. And after that initial investment, I wanted to make sure that it was self-funding and I could continue to offer these free ads. And so I have to charge for the actual printed copy or the digital copy that keeps the magazine going. So I think it could be a combination of those two things that have probably prevented someone that had the idea or the thought to do it to go ahead and move forward with it. Yeah, preach. I can only unload my bank account in one, <laughs> one instance at a, at a time here. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's, that's good to hear uh, because, yeah, for the longest we've only had the call and, right. you know, however you feel about them, they may not be on top of it right. all the time. Right. Uh, I know with me, not necessarily. Because uh, when I first started this podcast, I I emailed everybody. I was just like, hey, new podcast on the block. Yeah. And as the whole George Floyd thing, black voices became important, then people start responding. I was just like, why hasn't the call contacted me back? And it's just like, the star is contacting <laughs> me back. The bitch. Yeah. And it's just like, huh, that's interesting. But mm -hmm. sometimes you do need to just make your own lane. Right. Trying to do it with well-established uh, platforms is going to mm -hmm. be hard because uh, they're kind of set in their way, so to speak. Right. Uh, but yeah, where where uh, I mean, where are you hoping the outlook of your publication? It's still brand new. People mm -hmm. don't know what it is. They don't mm -hmm. know if it's going to be Afrocentric, right. or Black nationalist. <laughs> or, you know, what do you hope the vibe of your magazine comes off as? So what I'm really hoping it comes off as is a tremendous support and a one-stop resource for those in the African-American community. And not even just the African-American community, those in the suburb areas that want to learn more about how they can support the African-American community or those African-American-owned businesses, that they can have a one-stop shop resource for if they're looking for a particular thing that they can patronize or if they're looking for a particular article as it relates to the black community and COVID or whatever the case may be, they can find that in um, issues, future issues or previous issues if they want to order something that was published, you know, months prior. So I'm really hoping to um, gain distribution at some point and I would really like to see it on newsstands. Um, I went into a Barnes and Noble um, when my article was published in Casey Magazine, and they had magazines lying in the walls in print copies. And so I know there's still a desire for it. Otherwise, a large um, organization like Barnes and Noble wouldn't be offering those. And so I would really like to see uh, distribution, and I want to be on newsstands. Yeah, it's certain publications that have the allure of the name, mm -hmm. like a Vogue mm -hmm. or L. Those right. aren't going anywhere. Right. Uh, even if their you know readership goes down, they're still going to be people who pick up the magazines for the uh, covers or right. for the uh, art or the photography right. or whatnot. So that those are always going to have that established fan base. And uh, but you know, black publications we come and go with the, with the seasons. Right. So uh, with the uh, you know with the uh, exception of maybe like Jet mm -hmm. or uh, Ebony. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm mm -hmm. blanking on that one. Jet yeah. and Ebony. Like mm -hmm. you don't you didn't really. 
grow up with too many. So yeah, uh, what is your plan for like the the longevity of the of the publication? How are you gonna first of all get people to get back into reading? Because uh, most people flip through, look at the pictures, cool. But we will actually want to get them to have the information that's in those in those articles. How are you gonna get people to get back to reading uh, as opposed to watching a video or listening to mm-hmm. the audio format of it? Well, one of the things is that I ask those that I am interviewing and providing these ads for to please share the information out. So make sure that you share the information, whether it's through social media or whether it's through conversations that you're having with coworkers or whatever the case may be. Make sure that you share the information out. And then secondly, I'm hoping to continue to get these really, really big interviews that are newsworthy, um, things that people care about, the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm really wanting to make sure to stay plugged into those things because I think that's what's going to attract people because they want to hear the information from a different perspective. They're getting a lot of Fox 4 News and 41 News, and they may not necessarily um, want to hear it from those areas um, of media. And so offering it from a different perspective, um, kind of like we talked about earlier, breaking things down in a way that's easily digestible and having it be a one-stop shop for people. So I think doing that and making sure that I'm staying plugged into those things that are newsworthy and those things that are important to our communities and things that are able to make a difference, I think that's stuff that people want to know. Um, I've heard from several black owned businesses that I've spoken with that this is something that we really need and how they were so, so excited when they heard about the publication. And these are people not only in Kansas City. I interviewed someone uh, from Nashville last night and someone from Kentucky. Um, And so I believe that once it gets going, I think people are really going to catch on to it. And it's going to be something that people start to rely on as a resource in the black community. So how do you think we spread the word about the publication um, besides having to rely to rely on those bigger news outlets to get the story out? You know, a lot of it is us getting the story. out. I saw it because uh, Shape posted about mm-hmm. it. You know, uh, how do we get people to care about this? Because it is is it is intrinsic, intrinsically connected to our success, mm-hmm. you know, in our community success, supporting our businesses. Mm-hmm. How do we get people to care about that? First and foremost, um, interviews like the one we're having today is super, super, super important. And then secondly, as as much as a lot of people kind of frown upon it or shy away from it, I think social media is a huge, huge avenue for making sure that you can get the word out and you can get the word out to a bunch of people in the shortest amount of time. So utilizing those platforms and making sure to stay consistent because consistency is key, making sure that I'm constantly flooding the internet and flooding social media with All Black Everything magazine, whether it's a a feature article or whether it's a big interview like I was able to secure with Tamika Palmer, who's Breonna Taylor's mother. All of those kinds of things, I believe, will continue to spark interest. Um, I do a lot of live shows where I talk about some of the detailed articles as it relates to finance, as it relates to healthcare in our communities, um, as it relates to the um, Black doctors, um, um, thing that they're trying to get more black doctors. And so a lot of those things, I think, are really sparking interest in people. Some of it they know about and some of it they don't. So just being a resource for information that our community can use, I think that's going to be huge and it's going to be critical in making sure to keep this thing going. Is there anything, uh, any subject or area of interest in particular that's hard for you to cover? The one thing that's hard for me to cover is um, anything related to Black Lives Matter. 
only because um, I just have a real soft spot in my heart for all of the people that have fallen victim to police brutality and excessive force and things like that. I did an article on Elijah McCain um, in my last um, magazine, and I think I cried for three days. And so just digging into those instances and learning about these people and the lives that they lived, I find it extremely challenging simply because I'm a nurturer just naturally. And so when I hear about the things that happen to people like that, um, it's just heartbreaking. Um, I have a son who's 21 years old, but he's autistic. And Elijah McClain was just different. You know, he was somebody that was a bit... um, reclusive in a way and being um, encountered by law enforcement in that way really, really shook him. And I learned about some of his last words and it, it was just heartbreaking. And so that is the hardest part for me because I can relate on so many levels. Uh, Brianna Taylor, um, I have a daughter, my daughter's 19. And so I was able to connect with her mom on a level um, that was emotional for both of us. But at the same time, um, I was able to tap into her Um, and learn more about who Breonna Taylor was as a person. I think we all know what happened, but learning about who she was as a person is important and having that human connection. And I think it makes people want to help. I think it makes people want to do whatever they can do to bring about change. And so for me, that's really, really the hardest part. No, that's that's, uh, definitely get that. Um, Yeah, it's it's always super tough for me to write from a journalistic, you know, uh, divide, so to speak, because you cannot separate yourself from some of these stories because mm-hmm. it's just like, let me forget about the, the mm-hmm. fact I happen to be black or, <laughs> you know, in your case, you're a woman. So I know certain stories is like, how would you cover that? You know, it's looking at the uh, black infant mortality rate or the, the number of black women who died during childbirth. And we write from that from an unobjective standpoint mm-hmm. it's, it's impossible mm-hmm. especially you being a mother also so Absolutely. that's another layer that you possibly not you know i love that we're finally getting to this point in our society where we can put our personal personalities in journalism and it not be looked at as some sort of biased mm-hmm. uh, taboo that's being broken because that's i think that's what what makes an article an article is right the, is the uh i don't want to just be an unobjective witness to what's going on. Right. I want to let you know, like, yes, this happened. I was here for it. This is how I felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, let alone just talk on it, people. I mean, I have you always been a storyteller? I know you said you wrote books. You've had books published. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before the author, um, first of all, was writing always in the plans for you? Um, it wasn't always in the plans for me. And I can tell you kind of how I got started. Um, I've been writing for upwards of 11 years. And I got started when my son got diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. I wanted to provide him books that he could read about social issues and social development because Asperger is a social development um, type of autism. And I couldn't find any mm-hmm. uh, for his age group. He got diagnosed when he was five. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I can't find any, I'm going to write some. But in fact, you can't really diagnose them when they're an adult. Right, right. You got to kind of guess. Exactly. Yeah. And so for that reason, I started writing children's books that taught children acceptable social skills. Mm-hmm. And it was at a level that they could understand. And I use animals as characters because animals transcend race. And so I wanted to make sure um, that I was able to appeal to all children. And so that's where my writing career started. Um, And I have quite a story 
um, in terms of my own personal life and my own experiences. So I wrote my autobiography in 2013 um, and it was really, really great. And it got a lot of attention all the way up to the point that I was uh, signed an option to purchase through Lionsgate, which is a huge production company. Um, I was under 24 month options, supposed to start filming in 2020. And of course, COVID happened. Mm. And so filming shut down, Hollywood shut down. And so I had to kind of start that process over and met with Indie Films in March and we got the ball rolling again. Mm. So I'm super excited to be able to bring my story to the film, to to screen, uh, hopefully next year. Um, and maybe at the Kansas City Film Festival, that's one of the things we kind of talked about. So I'm super excited about that's that. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations on Thank that you. also. That, that's you. awesome. How, how does that just uh, come to fruition for you? Well, it's a lot. So I submitted my synopsis of my story to a lot of film companies and I use a program or a, a, a site called InkTip and they have a lot of directors on there that are looking for stories, particularly uh, real life stories to make into film. And so I sent out to a lot of those. I got two hits out of probably 75 inquiries that I sent out. Um, and one was like, nah, I don't think right now. And the other was like, yes. And so I met with Lionsgate and they actually invited me out to Tribeca Film Festival back in 2018. And I was super excited, met with all these producers and signed the option to purchase that year um, with a 24 month um, time frame to start filming. Uh, June 2020 was when that 24 months was up. And so I was excited about filming and COVID was like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so after that, I was like, do I wait another 24 months and deal with them? Or do I just kind of go at it again from a different angle? And I did. And Indie Films reached out. So that's where we are with that. Shout out to them. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. COVID kind of stopped everybody in the, in the track. Much. Ah, the great equalizer. I know. <laughs> it, it, everybody was like, oh, yeah, we we doing this and this. No, you're not. We're right. not doing anything right. for a year. <laughs> exactly. Slow it. It never happened. Just Sit <laughs> down. Yeah, put that one in the, in the trunk. It mm -hmm. never happened. <laughs> That's crazy how we just kind of like abandoned the year of our lives. Pretty much. We still had to pay bills and everything. We still had to. Life went on, but we just had to chill. Yeah, we had to kind of chill out. And I was sharing with a friend of mine that I started two brand new businesses during the year of COVID. Oh, wow. And so I tell people all the time, if if time has been one of your issues and you didn't do anything with the time in 2020, you don't like time, you like discipline. Right. Because there was a lot of time that we had to sit around. I launched my life coaching business and opened my office up north. And I did all that in 2020. And so it's it's possible if you got the time then you can make something happen if you want to yeah a guy with no college degree became a journalist see that happened see yeah but it's just uh just your options and availability and, and drive and mm -hmm. a lot of people don't got it absolutely just people coming to these interviews and show me of course your business isn't gonna work you can't even make it to an interview for right. a podcast <laughs> exactly. like, you think i'm gonna trust you with money or trust you with a car or trust you with anything? A baby? Exactly. No, exactly. absolutely not. And part of my frustration with the magazine, too, has been setting up these interviews for people that don't show, you know, and that's another thing. And after my first issue, I was like, look, I'm not backtracking. If you don't show, I'm moving on because you're taking a space where somebody else. Exactly. I've, right now, I've got five pages of businesses waiting to be featured. Now we can vent. Let me vent some because nobody gets it. Everybody just <laughs> like, oh, people be busy. Don't tell me about busy. I got like six jobs. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. But I still do what I want to make time for. Exactly. I, I just left the funeral before I came here. Right? Oh, I was like, wow. you know what? 
I'm going to get this interview done Wow, because it needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certain people, like I was just saying in my last episode, people are dead to me. Like <laughs> I don't play professionally. I put right. too much into this. Right. This, all you see where we sit in this studio built in a bedroom. Yeah. In a one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. I'm serious about this. Serious. I just need an iota of, of dedication from you so we can talk about your thing that exactly. you have going exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I, under, I definitely understand what you mean on that one. Yeah. I stopped interviewing for a while. Mm-hmm. If you look at my catalog, there is a block missing of interviews mm-hmm. because I just was like, I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. People. It gets to be really frustrating. And then, you know, people are like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot. Can we reschedule? No, we can't reschedule. Yeah, yeah we can't. I, I went through that vicious cycle with my first issue and then I made a lot of changes. And I feel like if you're given this opportunity, number one, it's not costing you anything. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you an opportunity to advertise in a magazine and get your business or whatever you do in the hands of the reader. And if you can't keep that on your calendar and make sure that you show up on the Zoom, you don't even have to leave your house. That's show up the on crazy the Zoom. thing that I cannot get over. It's like I have to be in person so right. I can read your energy so I can get right. the flow of the conversation mm-hmm. like going. But you can you do it over Zoom, right? Like if you can't make a Zoom call, <laughs> exactly, you're fired, <laughs> exactly from life. Like, right? That would be my all black everything exclusive. Like if you're going, like I get, I have a petty streak. I know it's wrong. I know I'm trying to, you know, help Jesus get me over it and everything else. <laughs> but a part of me just want to have a weekly episode where I'm just like, these are the people you should not deal with exactly. in Kansas City. These people are a detriment. Like, these people really do. Like, I've had situations where it's just like, yeah, let's bring this person on the team. And it's just like, ugh, no, that was a horrible decision. Yeah. Because I didn't know. Right. And then when I, like, come, people always come up in conversation. That's mm-hmm. Kansas City. Right. People are going to come up. So mm-hmm. if you do something to somebody, chances are your name is going to pop up. Right. And it's always the same names. Like now that I'm doing this, I hear names pop up. Mm-hmm. Just like they don't do good business. Right. So, yeah, it, it just goes to show people don't care about their name. Like in the, you live and die off of your name here. Right. Absolutely. Whatever business you do. And exactly. These, these people can't even make it to interviews for them. Yeah. That's it's, what I don't get. It's unbelievable. I say all the time, I'd rather have my reputation than a check with my name on it. My reputation is everything to me. And there's absolutely no way I'm going to put myself out there for people that really don't seem to care. And like you've indicated, I mean, it's just a matter of respecting another person's time. Like we talked a little bit about the fact that I'm doing this entire magazine. I've looked through magazines and I see they have a staff of 20 people that they need to produce one issue. And I'm wearing multiple hats to make sure it happens, including doing the interviews, writing the interviews, the whole layout, the cover, like everything from beginning to end. And it's just me. And so it's just amazing to me that people don't have the respect for your time and knowing that um, to at least show up. Yeah. That's yeah. always blown me away. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I feel bad. Like, I feel like, oh my God, I'm such a disappointment. I responded to you like 10 minutes after you texted. I felt horrible. I was just like, oh my gosh, you must think I'm like an no. amateur. I was just super early. I was all. looking at the Facebook message waiting for you to be like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, I saw that other one. I was just like, okay, gotcha. No, no, no. But I, I definitely uh, I, I definitely love helping those people who are doing it for the right reasons. That's mm-hmm. why I was just like, hey, how can I help? Yeah. What can I do to help? Yeah. Because uh, that's incredible. You do it all by yourself, mm-hmm. which is a, a ridiculous thing <laughs> ridiculous once you learn everything that goes into a publication right so yeah that's why i was just like let me see who we can get to 
take some of this burden off our shoulders. Yeah, that would be, I mean, just, and, and that's another thing too, like you said, in bringing people on board, they have to be people that share the same vision and the same passion that you have, because I'm not making money on this publication. And so anybody that comes on board needs to understand and have a certain amount of passion for the black community, the Black Lives Matter movement, black owned businesses and creatives and that kind of thing to want to help elevate the community as a whole and not necessarily looking to gain anything with the exception of knowing that they did something good to help the community they live in. Mm -hmm. So that's just a really hard thing to find. You know, most people are like, sure, I'll help, but how much are you paying me? And with a self-funding magazine like this one, there's really no money changing hands. So that's just challenging to find people that have that level of commitment, um, knowing that there's not any money changing hands at the end. Yeah, I definitely get it. (laughs) I know how much it probably costs to produce the magazine, Mm -hmm. let alone, you know, no, 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 it's okay. You yeah, could, you couldn't afford me. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. No, no, no. I love. I, we gotta pitch in for this community if we want it to work. Yeah. Like me and Eric have been doing this podcast for like two years now. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, he pitches in because he wants. You know, he knows we're doing good things in the community. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to. He can just chill and drink mojitos and Shawnee Mission. Right. Uh, whatever they do <laughs> up there, I don't know. Smoke cigars on the patio. Uh, yeah. It's cognac. Uh, but <laughs> no, and it's a little mansion. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, I believe in what you're doing. I definitely want to want to do everything I can to help. And oh, yeah, please remind me to give you that uh, girl's information. Uh, who wants to do research? Yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. I would love to be able to talk to her. And, you know, even if it's someone that's just wanting to kind of get an idea of how this works and what this looks like and they want to step in and help out. I'm absolutely more than happy to talk with them. She just wants to help. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I could use the help. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, if you are interested in more writers, let me know. Uh, I have a list. Um, Okay. Yeah. Whole big list. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not sure how much she's looking into putting into the magazine. Uh, But, yeah. Uh, that's, that's crazy. So what are your plans for the future with the magazine? So going forward, and especially at this point, I'm looking for distribution. So I really would like to get this magazine out to the masses. I want to be able to have it available on newsstands uh, for anybody that's walking by. Um, there's a, a wide audience that don't know about All Black Everything magazine. And I want to make sure that they know about it and they have the option um, to step in and purchase a copy and uh, patronize some of these businesses that I've listed, um, or if nothing else, learn from some of the financial information that's being provided. Whatever information they can take from it, digest it, and use, I want them to have access to it. So distribution is big on my list at the moment um, and making sure that I can get this magazine into the hands of as many people as possible um, that want the information. Got you. Is there any articles, any interviews that have not made it to print? Um, there are not. I mean, with the exception of those that um, were no shows um, that thought that I had all the time in the world to continue to reschedule them. Yeah, Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, I don't have anything else to do. Um, There aren't. I feel like if they if they are um, serious about it and they show up, I'm willing to give it a shot. Um, there's there's one interview that I did uh, that comes to mind now that did not make it. Um, and it was um, a mother of a young man who um, 
was convicted and sent to prison and she wanted to talk about his case and I, I was absolutely open to hearing about it because I know that justice isn't always on our side so I wanted to hear about it as it turns out um, he had stolen a van stolen some money stolen a firearm um, got arrested um, they brought his bag into the questioning area where they were talking to him he got the gun in his hand locked the police officer in the closet fired the shotgun out and broke out a couple windows and was convicted and i was like mm. oh yeah reggie did that shit <laughs> like he kind of did everything <laughs> that like where's the injustice here and she's like well he was young and they treated him yeah. as they tried him as an adult and i'm like okay i just didn't know how i could what's spin the, what's that the angle yeah 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 to what's make the pitch? it yeah to make it like okay this kid was unjustly convicted yeah. i didn't there's nothing. I don't I don't have anything. I mean, I understand a mother's plea, but I love all of my kids. But if they're wrong, they're wrong. Yeah, stupid is stupid. What you think was going to happen? Right. No, that's right. crazy. Uh, I agree. There's there's certain <laughs> news stories. I'm like, did you really think like uh, there's a few news stories that happen with like justifiable shootings, like with people who are robbing people. Right. And then the family gets on TV like they didn't have to shoot them. And it's just like. Nah, they did. Like, someone <laughs> broke in my home. Exactly. And I shot them. Right. Instead of them shooting me. Or it was an off-duty cop who shot somebody who was uh, holding up a, a dollar store. Right. And the family was like, if he ain't got the gun pointed at you, oh, you don't on. need to be, you need to mind your, I was just like, are you serious right now? Like, are yeah. you really sitting there trying to make a case for yeah. the person who was the, 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 obviously committing a crime here? I love my people, but I also feel like we got to hold each other accountable we have for dumbness. Absolutely hold each other accountable. And the entire time we spent an hour having this conversation and the entire time I was really, really seeking to find the injustice mm, because I was, <laughs> I was, like, I, was I tried, I tried my best. I said, well, did you know, I asked several questions to try to uncover what really took place and there, I just didn't have anything. And I think from a mother's perspective, you know, you want to protect your kids, but, you know, at what expense, at what cost do you continue to justify their behavior? Yeah. And so I was just like, yeah, I can't find anything that um, was uh, unjust about right. this situation. Did they beat them up? Did they tase them? Did they? Nope. Talk cash, call me anywhere. Anything? Nope. <laughs> nope. Her only concern was that he, he sold the vehicle and went to a, a small town in Texas. And that's where he got caught and all this stuff happened. And her only thing was that they were um, prejudiced because he was African-American. And then um, they have some rules in place as it relates to trying people for certain crimes as an adult when they're not legally an adult. And if that's their rule, that's their rule. But, oh, boy, broke the law. So <laughs> I don't do certain interviews. My question is, like, well, did, you, did you ever think of trying to teach Reggie not to steal a van? <laughs> Yeah, right. we're gonna cut this all in the butt, huh? And it was her van at that. It was your van that her van, it was her money, and it was her husband's firearm. Yeah, maybe we need to let him spend a couple years in prison. And and I don't know. Some people just need that uniform, discipline, right, lifestyle to kick in. So right. you be like, you know what? This ain't for me. Let me go back to the real world. Exactly. And not still vans. Exactly. <laughs> So that one did not make it, and I and I went over my notes multiple times, and I combed through the interview, and I was just like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't see no it. angle there. Yeah, no angle whatsoever. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Gosh, what you got? Nothing. I got nothing. Now, maybe if he was on MSNBC, you might be able to spin it to something, but right, <laughs> exactly. those fools is just like, yeah, okay, I see what you're trying to do here, but nah, 
But yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those, I don't know. Parents are funny. Parents and uh, mothers and uh, abused wives, for some reason, are just like, the, the, the man can do no wrong. The right. son can do no wrong. Right. Just like, yo, we need to hold these people accountable real quick so we can get society back on track. Yeah, I've never been that way. I have three sons. My oldest son is 32. And he started to kind of puff up and feel himself at the age of 16 because he developed a couple muscles. Mm. And uh, it was tough love from that point on. So I never, ever, you know, made any justification for anything wrong he did. Um, he stole a, a ring, a wedding ring of mine, and I got the law involved because I wanted to teach him a lesson. He said he was going to give it to his girlfriend. It was a $7,000 ring, and Ooh. he took it and said he was going to give it to his girlfriend. So I told my husband at the time, I said, call cops. So I had him take him down there and book him in and made him spend the night in jail. Mm. Um, and he learned a valuable lesson. So, yeah. That's grand larceny right there. <laughs> Pretty That's, much. Uh, <laughs> $7,000. Pretty much. Yeah, you need to go to jail now yeah. well, for your girlfriend. I would have been like, right. congratulations, you're getting married, huh? <laughs> that ain't no girlfriend gifts. Right. Hey, I couldn't believe no. it. I got the ring back, but I also wanted to teach him a lesson. So I'm not justifying that nonsense. Oh, yeah. Deborah Banks had four boys, and none of them ever puffed up to her. Mm-hmm. To this day, she took that. Oh, right. Oh, 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 oh. Right. What's going <laughs> Nah, that's that's what the fear of God is. What boy, boys are supposed to have that for your mother? They're like, supposed to have that. Like that's that's to this day, I'll never be like, I don't even cuss around my mom. It's right? Just like I know that hand might come out of nowhere. <laughs> she's old, but she's quick. Yeah. No, but that that's 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 great to hear. I love that you're that kind of mother. Yeah. Yeah. I'm raising a little psychopaths out here. Right. Tough love. That's the interview you should have did. Like, right. Where did we go wrong? <laughs> exactly. Asking. Exactly. Why did Reg think he could steal a van and a gun and cash and live to tell about it and just be like, <laughs> "Mama's gonna have my back." <laughs> She's going to go to the press for me. Right. Maybe that would have been a good way to spin it. Man. Like, okay, parents, what can we do differently here? Because I'll roll the counter start. Keep, keep Reg in there. Right. Because <laughs> some of these folks needs, I, I, some folks need therapy. If you can't get therapy, then it's going to have to be prison. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can't get help one way. You're going to get it the other way. Yeah. Or you can just not steal the van. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's another thing in the black community. There's a stigma about mental health. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to offer life coaching. And that's not a therapist by any stretch of the imagination. But a life coach can help you unpack some things and help you sort some things out so you know what you're dealing with and offer tools mm-hmm. to help you get back on track. That's all it is. But it's so hard to get people in our community to admit that they need to talk to somebody. If you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. If you need to take the little yellow pill, take the pill. Like I'm a firm believer in doing whatever you can to get yourself back into balance so you can... I don't know. It's not. I, I don't, about know. Say, I I don't know if it's. Is. I don't know. What's no, I don't know if it's one? yellow. But you know, they have all kinds of medication that can help balance you out if gotcha. you're missing certain chemicals in your brain. It can kind of help balance. You. I don't know if it's yellow. I just I'd be out of yellow. touch with like stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't want to say blue because <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I know no. what the blue pill is. So I just picked a color. But yeah, if you need something, hey. I'd be getting so confused about that red pill, blue pill stuff. I'd be like, I forget what the good pill. <laughs> right one. I don't know. You're talking to somebody that doesn't even like to take ibuprofen, so I don't know. <laughs> I just said that, but yeah. So just having that mental health stigma in the black community, kind of that what happens in this house stays in this house mentality. Like if you if you need to talk to somebody, it's totally okay. You need to talk to somebody. Just do that. You you ever get too afraid? You ever get afraid that your publication might get you know just too big and 
then it becomes this like black nationalist movement where it's just like it's it's way bigger than i expected and you know, like those alt-right people like the way they kind of took over like 4chan and 8chan and you know those kind of pub you know outlets and it's just like yeah. it's ours now and it's like it wasn't y'all's y'all just kind of like live there now right you ever afraid right. like a bunch of hoteps will just be like this is ours and start selling them on the corner like you know, muslim dudes with bean pies yeah sadly that started to happen so what took place was i had a couple of people reach out to me um, on my business line to tell me that they had paid for an annual subscription to my magazine and never received it and i was like first of all i don't offer an annual subscription just yet and whoever you paid it wasn't me you got scammers already so the scammers called them and said they were with all black everything magazine and they were offering an annual subscription for the low low 49.99 and they got two people and those people paid for it were they elderly no oh they were not elderly and they paid for the issues and they called me to say hey i paid for my annual subscription i haven't gotten anything yet and I'm like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, they got scammed. And so wow. I put a thing out there. I blasted it everywhere I could on Facebook. Hey, if somebody's calling you to offer you an annual subscription, do not pay them. How they pay them? Because they pay with credit card over the phone. Wow. Yeah. Yep. They pay with their credit card over the phone. I got you in my studio sitting in front of me right <laughs> now. And it still ain't going to be no credit card payment. <laughs> exactly. I'll write you a check. Nope. They provided their card information over the phone. I said, I wow. suggest you dispute this with your bank because you got scammed. What me. Hard but ready. if you want to order a copy, you can go to www.allblackeverythingmagazine.com. <laughs> so I don't take people's credit cards over the phone at all. They can go to the website and put their information in if they want to order. But that's the extent of it. Oh, people are terrible. Yeah. That's crazy. You got scammers all. I know. Ready. So that's a fear is having stuff like that to happen because I don't want people to get taken advantage of. But you have to be smart you know yeah don't give that information over the phone Please don't yeah that's, that's wow these people's on it they're yeah. like that's a good idea girl <laughs> <laughs> and it was about the time that it was getting you know this interest from the news and all that and somebody just decided like yeah let me see if we can get a few hundred dollars out of people and they did yes the, the answer is yes they can yes they can wow. and yes they did so, yeah, that's my fear in terms of it getting to be too big. You know, I I just always want to make sure that it continues on the path in which I intended it. I don't want it to turn into something because I had a couple of large um, sponsorship offers come my way. And I was like, no, this is not the right thing for the magazine. This mm -hmm. is not what it's intended to be. And I know how a lot of businesses, um, large corporations are wanting to get that black dollar. So they want to use ABE magazine as a way to kind of creep in there. And I'm like, no, no, sir, not going to yeah. happen. So, so some strings going to come with some yeah. caveats and whatnot. Right, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're definitely right on, on that one. Yeah. A lot of people do just want to capitalize on the moment. Sure. Like, oh, you're black. Right. You like black money. Yeah. Cool. Let's see how we can get into the black community. One of them was Coca-Cola mm. and the other one was McDonald's. And I'm like, yeah, no, you guys are. <laughs> I don't know what you want with ABE, but you guys have a big enough portion of the black dollar as it stands. So, yeah, I've had some, some partnership deals where it's just like, oh, y'all trying to make this multicultural. Right. I'm trying to. In, all inclusive right oh, i'm sorry it's, right i had some awkward situations with some some people it's just i'm sorry i think you're missing the you know the gist of the go ahead and scroll down some of these episode listings and tell me what you see right in common here 
there's a lot of podcasts in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. This is the only one specifically for our market. Right, so right. Let us have this. Right, least. exactly. But and yeah, I want to stay true. That. Stay true to the to the mission of the magazine and what it's intended for. Representation is important. It's so important. And we don't have that representation in mainstream magazines or mainstream media for that matter. They are not beating down our doors to talk to our little mom and pops unless somebody gets killed at your establishment. Or they want to, you know, place some celebrity on the cover to make magazine sales. You know, they're not interested in helping us to level up. And so I just want to really stay true to the issue and kind of what its intention is. And that is to elevate the black community. And and that's it. Yeah. And that's why I like I have you in here because we can talk about publishing stuff. Yeah. I love talking to black people in the community, interviewing them because they're so grateful because nobody wants to talk to them. Right. Really, or nobody really cares about their story. And right. It's just like, wow, you know, I get to be in print and I get to have a, you know, uh, my words mm-hmm. in a, in an actual publication. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it means a lot to them. Yeah. I will tell you the first interview I ever set up, it was like, uh, zero credit given to me. So it was just like, we made it, guys. All my hard work and it was just like I set this all up. Oh wow! Now it's like uh, okay, that's cool. And everyone after that was just like super, just super, just uh, over the top, just appreciative, right? And I, after that one, I was just like, I ain't never doing this again. Oh they got my me messed gosh! Up. No, but yeah, everybody else is super appreciative. But you do get that one person who's just like, I've made it. I did this. Right. And then they forget about the people that kind of helped them get there. My my biggest fear is getting to that level and then giving it all away because I'm so generous and I like to make a difference and I like to help. I've offered free services to people that lost their job due to COVID. And I had people calling wanting to get free services. And I'm like, you got fired for showing up late. Like that's a different... (laughs) That's not the intention here. So I just want to make sure that I keep that balance and kind of discern when it's okay to step in and help and when it's not, because I'm just one of those people that I just tend to give it all away. If somebody needs help in some area, I'm on it. So I have to make sure to keep that balance. Oh, I hear you. I definitely feel you on that on that front. Uh, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough because sometimes it's a thankless job and Right. Just sitting by waiting for your, your thank you or your, you know, congratulations. <laughs> right. Don't ever come. Just right. Like, you know what? Forget it. Right. I understand. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the publication I'm super excited about. Like, that's why I was just like, what can I do to help? Yeah. What can we do to help you grow? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to help, you know, just help this grow because we need this. Yeah. In the community. I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. It means so much to be able to have this conversation. And I mentioned it to um, my cast because I have a new production that's coming up. And a couple of them were like, oh, yeah, we know that podcast very well. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's very clear that you've got a good audience and a large audience. So I'm just thrilled and excited to have the opportunity to share what's going on with ABE magazine. And hopefully people will kind of, you know, check in and see what it's all about. And uh, get whatever, take whatever resources from it they can use, and uh, we can all make it together. Absolutely. Uh, so right now it's a quarterly. Uh, any chance this is going to turn into a monthly? 
if I can do this full time, if I can gain distribution and get to the point where uh, the magazine can sustain me financially, absolutely. Uh, right now I run multiple businesses. And so that's the reason I started this office quarterly. Um, but if I can, and can get the ball rolling and get that distribution that I want, absolutely. I will take it to a monthly, a monthly issue, but it's a huge undertaking when it's just one person. And so I feel like if I can, you know, get a staff set up and get things going that way, definitely. I would love to make it monthly. Oh, you got a staff of three if you want them. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, I really believe in in the need for uh, black journalism, mm -hmm. black publications. Mm -hmm. Sadly, don't have that. So, right. In any way I can help, please let me know. I'm, Absolutely. I'm available for it. Uh, please tell the folks how they can get a hold of you for your various. Uh, oh, please. Uh, sorry. Tell tell me about the production you have coming up. Okay, so yeah, I have a production company called Bees Knees Productions. Bees Knees Productions has been around since 2018, and I write, direct, and produce live theater. It's inspirational, uplifting live theater. Um, it's always comical. There's always comedy injected into it, but there's a serious aspect because I want people to walk away feeling inspired. And so um, I've opened at... Um, the city stage at Union Station and also Quality Hill Playhouse. Those are the two I've used primarily. Um, and so I've done a show called Another Woman Will. And basically this show is about a pastor and his wife. And the wife is a marketing executive who does not have time for her pastor husband. However, the housekeeper can see his value. And so he ends up hooking up with the housekeeper and things kind of ensue and ultimately um, the wife makes some changes so that she can be more involved and supportive of her pastor husband so that's coming back this September um, another woman wills coming back for one night only and I wrote the sequel another man will mm -hmm. and so now everybody that saw that um, will be able to come and see the sequel. And those that missed it, they'll have one night to come and see it. And then I'll have two nights of Another Man Will, which is the sequel. Mm -hmm. Again, these are all, I don't do religious at all, but they are inspirational. And so they do have a lot of inspiration in them, a lot of life lessons. Another Man Will um, touches on the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it's got several moving parts, but it's going to be funny. Um, it's going to be informative and it's going to be inspiring. And so, yeah, we're opening at City Stage uh, September 17th, 18th and 19th. Oh. So I'm really excited to finally be back. COVID kind of shut things down for last year, but we're back on the market and ready to go. So I love live theater. I love writing, directing and producing. Um, I did uh, in 2019 my autobiography. I bought it to life on stage. Incredible incredible absolutely incredible uh, my very first production ever sold out three nights and um, testified the stage play which is based on my autobiography we came this close to selling out every night so it was absolutely amazing so yeah I'm super excited to be back in theater and um, get everybody to come out and laugh and be inspired at the same time that's dope I hear you yeah if you ever want to or an audio book, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's super dope that you've got so many things going in, uh, going in the fire right now. That That's incredible. Uh, that, yeah, my hat definitely goes off to you for, for everything you have going on. Uh, but yeah, we will definitely be posting links in the episode description for websites where you can get more information on that. 
uh, publication as well as the stage plays. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge theater fan myself, so I might, might check it in. Yeah, and I'm always looking for local talent. Kansas City has some amazing, <laughs> amazing talent. And so people that are interested um, in being in one of my productions, I'm always, always looking for local talent. So absolutely. Like I said, I am the connector here in Kansas City. I put people in contact with other people. Nice. It's my thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's part of my behind the scenes work I do here in the city. Uh, because I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, people don't like reaching out to people. People don't like that. I want to work with that person, but I don't want to you know, seem eager or I don't want to seem thirsty or anything. Right. I have that part of my brain is gone. Like, I will hit you up. Like, right. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. But I'm, I'm all about making connections. And yeah, I do know actors. I know writers. I know everything you may need here in Kansas City. Wow. Uh, but anything you need, let me know. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Absolutely. That's amazing. Definitely. We'll definitely stay in touch. Um, I think it's important to connect with other people like that because, you know, we can support one another. It's not, you know, there's room for everybody. You know, we don't have to have that crab mentality where we need to pull people down so we can get ahead. Yeah. We can work together and make some things happen, put Kansas City on the map and uh, take it as far as we can. I think we're we're much stronger united than we are staying in our own little bubble. So, yeah, yeah I, I love to connect. Oh yeah, we need to do what we can to help. Like I know, like I told you, I, you probably don't have the budget to hire a journalist mm -hmm. on your staff. But mm -hmm. If I can help, please let me know what you need. Absolutely, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Good job. No, okay, but yeah, that is it for the episode today. I hope you guys have enjoyed this interview with Miss Trish Mitchell of All Black Everything. Uh, so be sure to check her out. She's an incredible woman doing incredible things here in the city. And I will have those links in the episode description so you can check out those items. Uh, and please check out All Black Everything and get that. Get that and support black businesses. So yeah, that that is all I have. I'm sorry. I'm so silly. Uh, we have a segment here uh, for our interviews, uh, rounding everything up, called Roses. Uh, this is your opportunity to just give your roses to the individuals in your life who make just, you know, your shout out section, your, your you know, uh, your opportunity to tell them thank you. Yeah, most definitely. First and foremost, I want to thank my son, Philip White. He is one of my biggest supporters. Um, he is always in my corner, always supporting anything that I need. Him and his wife, Tiffany White, are amazing individuals. Um, I want to thank my mom because she's my biggest inspiration. I watched her work really, really hard, and that's where I get my work ethic from, is from my mom. Um, I want to thank my partner that's here, Ruben. He's an amazing support as well. And uh I won't ever forget my bee's knees, my two best friends, Sherelle Dandy and Teneva Riley. Um, they always, always have my back and um, they always support everything I do. It's just insane the amount of support that I have in place. So thank you to all those people for being such a tremendous support um, and always having my back. Yeah, straight up. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to all of our uh, supporters, our, our cheerleaders we got. Sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes you get discouraged. Sometimes you want to give up. But all it takes is a good word from one of those individuals to put you straight. So we do need those individuals in our lives. So thank you to all of those people who are encouraging and lifting people up instead of tearing them down. Mm -hmm. We definitely need more of that in the community as well. But yeah, that, that is all we have for today's episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please check out our catalog. Both of all, all of our past interviews with amazing people here in Kansas City with amazing people here in Kansas City doing amazing things. Uh, so be sure to check us out on the Pitch Podcast Network via Dory Labs. And thank you to everybody here in Kansas City who are doing amazing work. And special thank you to all the organizations we are working out, 
working with here in Kansas City. So, music for the episode is brought to us by a local artist by the name of Effie and her track, Gamble. So, check her out and link in the episode description as well. Also, be sure to follow us on social media, Urban Alchemy Podcast, Facebook, Instagram. And, yeah, it's a small thing to you, huge thing to us, and it really helps us out. Also, be sure to follow All Black Everything on Facebook. They also have a fan page. Not sure Instagram, Instagram, IG, not yet, getting there. Uh, but Facebook, they do have a fan page. So be sure to check that out and get the latest from them directly. So, yeah, that is all I have for today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ms. Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, you all stay safe and stay You to look to you just to feel something. Truth be told lately, I feel nothing. Now I got you mad cause I found another. Looks like you need a shoulder, better call your mother Cause I'm just focused on me Can't wait till you see That I had it all and gave you everything you need On love You took a chance and gambled on me My love You took a chance and gambled on me Priceless, can't buy with diamonds, no. no uh, uh, yeah. My love is special, won't wait till you're faithful, no. No. So I'ma just focus on me, can't wait till you see that I had it all and gave you everything you need. Oh, I'm sorry and admit all of the lies Said my love just took him by surprise Probably just want these thighs Like he could fuck his way to penance Knowing if I did it, I'd regret it Cause I ain't like these other chickens Fuck him good once, then you got him grinning Cause I know I ain't your type I'm trying to be a wife I'm looking for a soulmate Someone to build a life So I'ma just focus on me You could catch me on TV Doing my thing Top down, screaming out money, anything You want my trust, better get that ring Thank you.